0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: What is going on, everybody? It is Justin Morgenstein back at you with another edition of Phillies today. <sighs> Tough one last night. Phillies go down 2-1 to one and their series lead is split in half. Not going to lie, that was a brutal game to watch. Not the most enjoyable postseason game of the year For sure. But, you know, having some time to let this marinate and let it sink in a little bit. uh, There's still a lot of reason to be optimistic with this team right now as they hold a 2-1 series lead in the NLCS with a chance to go up 3-1 tonight in Arizona. It's the best part of baseball is you're right back at it tonight with a chance to take a 3-1 lead. And we will recap the Phil's Game 3 loss and kind of get into what went wrong In the first game at Chase Field, plus we'll get into Game 4, which will take place at 8.07 p.m. tonight. And Game 5 as well, which we now know will be necessary on Saturday night. And uh, just an overall outlook of the rest of the series as well, which I still think the Phillies will take and will go to the World Series. So, let's dive into it. Story of the night, which was not the expected narrative going into it, was the pitching matchup of Brandon Fault and Ranger Suarez. Both of these guys were absolutely dealing last night. But uh, we'll get into Brandon Foss' performance first, and then we'll get into Ranger. Uh, I think the most jarring thing in this game to watch was the Phillies at-bats against Brandon Foss. The swings and misses on the fastball were something that we have not seen with the Phillies in definitely quite some time now. Uh, they had 12 whiffs on the fastball last night uh, in Brandon Foss' uh, five and two-thirds innings. They had six total swing and misses against Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly's fastballs combined in games one and two. Again, combined between the two of them. So that was definitely not good to see. A lot of pressing, a lot of undisciplined swings. I feel like they just need to get back to passing the baton a little bit because during this surge, during the postseason, they've obviously hit the home run ball, and that's great. That's you know going to win you games a lot of times. But on a night like last night where it just felt like there were a lot of big swings and misses, this Phillies team, over the course of the season, has been able to play a little bit of small ball where they just pass the baton and keep hitting and move it on to the next guy. But it just seemed like there were a lot of big swings last night, a lot of you know whiffs on that fastball, which were you know, it was a problem for the Phillies. And I know that they haven't seen Brandon fought yet. And uh, that fastball can get on you quick. But, man, the approach was just not there with this lineup. And I will say, I'm starting to become you know maybe a bit concerned with Boehm and Stott in the four and five spots, just because, you know, they're coming up in a ton of big spots right now behind Turner and Harper, who have been really delivering and just, you know, seeing the ball really well at the plate right now. But they need to start coming through because we've seen it with Bryce Harper already. Pitchers are just not going to throw strikes to him. And they're going to, you know, put him on base and let Alec Boehm and Bryson Stott behind him kind of make them kill them. So uh Rob Thompson has trusted his guys all year. So I think he will be hesitant to change the lineup. So I don't end up, I don't think he end up, uh, he will end up switching it. But his no panic style, in addition to that, I think rubs off on the team well, which is another reason why I just don't think he will change the lineup. And it's just kind of been his MO throughout his two years as being Philly's manager. So would be surprised to see that. But again, Alec Boehm out of the four spot, really need to see some improvement there. Uh, if the Phillies want to continue to put up some gaudy numbers on offense. but uh, And plus, I don't think he'll change it because JT and Castellanos have been really good out of these six and seven spots, and I know he likes some thump down at the bottom of the lineup, especially with Castellanos, so I really doubt he'll make the change. Uh, last thing I want to just kind of talk about in terms of the lineup is I know they need Johan Rojas out there for defensive purposes. But, man, it is tough when you, you feel like you're giving it out away every time the nine spot comes up. It's almost like right now you have the pitcher spot coming up, which you know we know in the National League is not in existence anymore. I don't think they're going to sit him down because, again, his, his defense is invaluable, and you really just need his presence out there in center field. It has been absolutely crucial for the Phillies throughout the season, at the end of the season, as well as the postseason. Uh, but it does make you think that if they do end up getting to the World Series, And they have a big spot late in the game. You know, Reese Hoskins on that roster, he's definitely going to get an opportunity to kind of give this offense a boost at some point if they need it in a crucial spot in the game. So Rojas is two for 32 this postseason, just seems kind of overmatched on a lot of these, you know, fastballs that he's seeing. And, you know, the book's out on him. If you get the fastball up on him, he's going to chase. And look, he's going to turn into a fine major league player. And he's already, you know, one of the best defenders, I think, in the sport. But, the bat is clearly something that's going to have to develop, and it's going to take time. But I do see him still being out there for the time being. His defense is just too valuable, and Rob Thompson will reward him for that and keep him in that lineup. But, uh, you know, moving on to probably, I guess, the lone positive from this game is Ranger Suarez was great again. He really was. Five and a third, three hits, seven Ks. He's establishing himself as a real big-game pitcher, man. Curveball and changeup have continued to look really good He was working all of his pitches really well, really well last night. And his heartbeat is still just non-existent. Like he just goes out there and is probably the coolest customer you could ever watch. He is just so nonchalant on the mound, but in a good way. He feels his position incredibly well. Just when he's going like that, it's just so fun to watch because you feel so much confidence in him. Just having that demeanor and having that body language on the mound, which kind of just shows you that the moment's never too big for him. So... Another great performance from Ranger Suarez last night. Just a shame that the offense could not help him out there. He lowered his postseason ERA in the last two seasons to under one. He's at a .94 ERA in the postseason now over two years, which is just ridiculous. Uh, So great stuff there from Ranger. Just, you know, dealing and pitching as well as he possibly could. So we'll move on to talk about the bullpen here. Uh, Hoffman comes in, does his job, cleans it up in the sixth inning after Rob Thompson pulls Ranger Suarez, which I thought was the right move. I know uh, Tori Lovello of the Diamondbacks got a lot of criticism for taking out Brandon fought when he did. And, you know, I'm always somebody who will take analytics into play. And if someone's not historically good against the third time in the order, I'm definitely okay with the manager using his discretion and kind of picking and choosing his spots of when to take guys out or leave guys in. So, but I will say as a Phillies fan, I was very happy to see him come out of the game. So <laughs> I, mean, I can only imagine what the uh, guys in that dugout for the Phillies were thinking when he took him out, but nevertheless, they only scored one run. They didn't even get the ball out of the infield on that one run, ended up being on a wild pitch. So yeah, back to Ranger Suarez and the or back to the bullpen after relieving Ranger Suarez Hoffman was great as normal, you know, where, again, where would this team be without Jeff Hoffman? He continues to give this team some really big outings. Uh, I guess his first really big spot since the Atlanta game where he gave up the Riley home run. So he responded really well here. And again, just locked it down in typical Jeff Hoffman fashion. So good stuff from Hoffman. And boy, how about that Jose Alvarado appearance, man? He comes in in a situation where it's first and third, uh, no out, and he just <laughs> he, he immediately gets a ground ball. And Trey Turner gets it and immediately looks Lourdes Goriel at third over and then throws it to second, throws it to first, and gets a double play and keeps him at third. I've honestly never seen a double play that has been turned like that. So that was really cool to see. But uh, that was all because, uh, you know, Orion Kirkring did not have his best night last night, did not have his best stuff. Uh, He's been known to be very slider dominant, uh, throws that slider about, you know, over 80% of the time. And last night he got burned for it. He left a few in the middle of the plate gave up three hits, gave up the run, and uh, you know was called upon in a big spot. And for the first time, it felt like it did not come through for Rob Thompson. So I think it's just a matter of he's got to be able to incorporate that fastball into his mix. It's a, it's a, it's a very good fastball. It's a 98 to 100-mile-an-hour fastball. And major league hitters eventually are going to just be continue to sit slider on him. And if he's leaving those sliders in the middle of the plate, kind of like he did last night, you know, they're going to make him pay, and they really did there. And trust me, when his slider is on, I am all in on Ryan Kirkering. I think he is one of the nastiest guys you know, in that Phillies bullpen right now. And they need his they need his stuff to be good because he's going to be hunkering down some big innings as this you know, postseason goes along. So I just think incorporating that fastball a little more along with the slider is going to be really important for Kirkering. Uh, I still trust him, like I said, but just – we got to get that pitch mix going a little bit and, uh, you know, just keep that slider down. That's all you got to do. He left a few up last night and they ended up killing him. So that was what I saw from Kirkering. And uh, finally, got to mention him, Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> the Craig Kimbrell experience just stinks, man. I mean, it is truly exhausting at this point, whether it's just his nibbling of the strike zone with the fastball, you know, the lack of command with the curve, uh, his hard his hard hit uh, rate recently. It's just brutal. But in my opinion, what has been most frustrating with Craig Kimbrell, not only in this postseason but just throughout the season, and especially in the second half, is you know you've been in the league for what let's say 14 years now. I think, I mean, how are we not able to keep runners on in a tie game or a one-run game? You simply can't have trusted him right now. If he walks someone, gives up a hit, that runner's automatically in scoring position. He doesn't look the runner over. He is a very difficult time keeping them on. Then when they get on second, he's worried about them stealing the signs. And then, plus, you have JT using at least one mound visit every time he's in the game because he's not keeping his eye on the pitch clock, and he has to go out there and save him from getting a violation. And last night, it was with three balls, too. So if JT didn't realize that, that would have been an automatic walk. So it's just frustrating from Kimberl because you're supposed to be a veteran on this team. And look, I know the pitch clock is new this year, and it, it's an adjustment for a lot of pitchers, but... Hey, if Aaron Nola can figure it out, if Aaron Nola has been able to kind of you know, reform his game and his mechanics a little bit to kind of deal with the pitch clock, you can too. And it's, you can't be giving base runners free opportunities to get into scoring positions so easily like that. And it just feels like it happens every time with Craig Kimbrell. So it's really frustrating. And you just hope, and again, I think the Fillers are going to win this series. I do think that they are going to the World Series. Let me get that straight but you just can't have him in a big game in the World Series or even in this series later potentially, you know, potentially blowing a game because he can't keep runners on and get them at, and keep them out of scoring position. So, that's really frustrating from Kimbrell and I just don't know if that's going to improve or not. And I think Rob Thompson, like I said with the lineup, he's going to continue to put him in big spots because he trusts them. He trusts his guys. Uh, he has that demeanor about him. So, I will, I do believe that Craig Kimbrell will continue to get these opportunities, but you got to hold your breath every time. You really do. It is an anxiety attack waiting to happen. But, yeah, so that's where I'm kind of at with the bullpen right there. But and uh, but, oh, before I get into game four, uh, game four preview, I got to say, what a brutal performance from Dan Isonia behind the plate last night, umpire. Just, he had, I think it was 14 missed calls total I saw. Just some brutal ones late on both sides. It, it's not the reason the Phillies lost because, like I said, it was for both teams. Alec Boehm struck out looking twice there. Uh, I think it was yeah, in the top of the ninth inning. And it's just brutal. You can't have this in a postseason game. You can't be a part of you know why teams are winning and losing. And I, again, I didn't think it was why the Phillies lost, but it was just not good on either side. Just don't become part of the game. It was a great baseball game. Just let the players do it themselves, and you know, don't become part of the game, which he, he ended up being. So that was just really annoying. But uh, let's move to game four. Uh, <laughs> this has a chance to be, a really weird uh, and interesting game, and you know, it'll be interesting to see how the managers kind of handle these pitching staffs because we got Christopher Sanchez, which is somewhat of a surprise. Uh, we found that out right after the game against a full-out bullpen game for the Diamondbacks with uh, the lefty, Joe Mantiply being slated as the opener for Arizona. They'll be playing matchups there with uh, Schwarber and Harper, which is why I assume they'll be starting out with the left-hander. But uh, I like Topper's decision to start Sanchez. I had thought kind of all along it would be Walker and then Sanchez would kind of piggyback off him, uh, just be purely based off of Sanchez's ability to come out of the pen, based off our, as opposed to Walker, who has not really done that at any point in his career. Uh, but yeah, Sanchez has been the better of the two pitchers, I think, this year, no doubt. Uh, I do have to ask, though, aside from you know, a potential extra inning scenario you know, where you go deep into a game and need some length, well, why is Walker even on the roster, I have to ask? Like, I guess if the series was 3-0, would Walker have started instead of Sanchez? Do you feel like Sanchez just gives you you know, the best possible chance to win this game, which I think he does? But you know, anyway, getting back to him, uh, I think Sanchez's changeup tonight will play really well against the Diamondbacks, which Rangers did as well last night, and it's you know become a little similar, and I just think that that pitch has gotten better for him as the, as the season has gone on. Um, my only concern, I guess, would be that the D-backs do have a righty-heavy lineup uh, but Ranger and Topper were able to manage through it last night. So I think Sanchez will be able to do it, uh, at least for one time around the order, which I don't expect it to be much longer than one time around the order. I think it'll be, you know, just probably the first nine hitters. And then uh, Rob Thompson will make a change, go to the bullpen, could potentially see Michael Lorenzen, which again, I don't love. But I will say if the Phillies can keep this game close or even have a lead uh, going into like the fifth inning. I think that the depth of the Phillies' pitching and bullpen specifically uh, is kind of a key here because I do think it is better than the Diamondbacks. And the Diamondbacks also did use their top two guys last night. Not that the Phillies didn't; they did as well. But uh, it seems like the Diamondbacks, after you get past you know, Paul Seawald and uh, you know a couple uh, and Ginkel, uh, a couple guys in their bullpen, it seems like it's manageable to hit off these guys uh, aside from their back end. So they're I think bottom third in the league in bullpen ERA uh, throughout the regular season. So it's not their strongest suit, but again, Sanchez has been really good for the Phillies this year and I would trust him much more than Taiwan Walker in this situation. So we'll see how far Rob Thompson lets him go, but I don't expect it to be much longer than one time around the order. He hasn't started or been in a high leverage situation in a few weeks, like since the last week of the regular season. So we'll see if that has an effect either. But again, I Think Sanchez will go out there and give them a formidable start. So, uh, but ultimately, the thing with last night's game and just the key for the rest of the series, these bats are going to have to come back alive. You know, you can't expect a pitching staff just to give up one run and you're not able to, and you won't be able to win games that way if you, you know, can only put up one run. And expect your pitching staff to, you know, lock it down and be able to shut out a team. That's just not how it's going to work in the National League Championship Series. And uh, I, I feel like this game tonight has the potential to be similar to last year's NLCS game for where it was ba- Bailey Falter against Mike Clevenger. And what I think was arguably the most exciting game in the postseason last year where, you know, the Padres score four in the first inning. Falter doesn't make it out. But then the Phillies respond right back with uh, Joe Davis called it the counterpunch and uh, got three in the first inning and chased Mike Clevenger. But, uh, yeah, I, those that over, I think it's nine and a half tonight. I could see that hitting for sure. But uh, I do have confidence that these bats will get going again. The Phillies have been resilient all year long, and uh, like Nick Castellanos said after Game Two in the Atlanta series, this team has been great all year. When it gets punched in the face, and last night was a right hook to the jaw, no doubt about it. It was, you know, a soul crushing loss because they had so many chances to kind of, you know, take advantage of Diamondback mistakes, and it seemed like the Diamondbacks were not, you know, on t- on they didn't have their best game either last night for sure. And uh, you even had Brandon Marsh getting asked after the game, they're like, yeah, how will you put this one behind you? How will you forget about this? And he goes, you know, we already did. So I think the Phils are in the right frame of mind, and they've been able to bounce back from performances like this throughout the regular season and the postseason as well. So I trust the Bats to get back going. But, again, I think the approach has to be just passing the baton to the next guy. Don't do too much. Take what the pitchers are giving you get your base hits when you can, and just be able to pass the baton. And I think they will. So, uh, yeah, even one more quote I had to bring up. the uh, Ask Sanchez after the game, you know, just about the magnitude and if his family will be there and just all about the game tonight. And he just goes, and he doesn't speak very good English. And he goes, yeah, I'll be ready. And he winked, which is could end up being a great quote or it could end up being terrible based on how he does. So we will see how that works out. And just, uh, you know, last thing. Kind of on this game and just the series as a whole. Uh, I was producing Tom Kelly John Johnson uh, on 94WIP last night. And I got the impression from a lot of callers you know, in the area that you know, people aren't overly worried. And I do think that's warranted. You win tonight and you put yourself in a great spot. You really do. You're up 3-1 after if you win tonight. And then you have your horse on the mound on Saturday night. And Zach Wheeler with a chance to win a pennant. I understand when this team isn't hitting and clicking on all cylinders like it has been, that it's really frustrating to watch that type of performance. Trust me, I, I was not handling that loss well last night as it was happening. But like they did against the Braves, it's how you bounce back and you find a way to just move past the other one. And I think this team and this manager specifically has a really good mindset about them and to, as to when, you know, when they get kicked to the ground, they're going to find a way to get themselves off the mat and be able to move on and keep pushing and keep, you know, Using that same approach they have all year. And that's just been resiliency and being able to fight back. So I have full faith that the Phillies offense will wake back up tonight. So that is a thing to look for. And before we get out of here, I definitely want to bring up this ALCS because we've got a really good series going on in the American League as well. Uh, Astros tie the series up 2 2 uh, after an offensive barrage over the last two games, putting up 17 runs on the Rangers pitching staff. The Depth of Texas pitching staff definitely being, you know, tested right now, and they, uh, you know, the Astros have woken up. That's for sure. They take two games on the road after losing the first two at home uh, to tie the series, and uh, kind of giving the Rangers a taste of their own medicine. That Rangers lineup has been really dangerous and really potent uh, as the postseason has gone along, but uh, the Astros, specifically Jose Abreu, after having a really tough first regular season in Houston, has had a really good postseason. Ah, uh, capped with a massive three-run homer last night, put that game away. Astros pitching staff as well has kind of you know, come to life, and the depth is really showing. When you have Framber Valdez being able to be, or not Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, who you know Phillies know all too well after he uh, his game four performance last year at Citizens Bank Park, uh, is able to be your game three starter. And uh, look, that's guy. That's a series that could potentially go to seven. And I will say. If the Phillies had swept this series, it would have been a big debate on, you know, would the rest be a bad thing for the Phillies? Would it be, you know, something that would be insignificant? I know in 2008, they won the NLCS in five games, and, you know, the Red Sox and the Rays ended up going to seven games. So that was a debate there as well. But again, you just have to take care of this series in, you know, as many games as you can. It's the NLCS. You just got to win however you can. So, and I know they're thinking the same thing over in the American League as well. But both of those teams are hitting right now. So if the Phillies can get back to the World Series, they will have their hands full for sure. But first, they got to deal with these Diamondbacks. You really do not want to have to go back to Citizens Bank Park here and have to play a game six or potentially a game seven. So that is something that the Phillies will certainly be looking to avoid. I also want to give my best bet for tonight's Phillies Diamondbacks game as well. The Phillies have been killing it for me. And uh, last night was the first night where I lost a little bit of money on them, but uh, I have a feeling that they will bounce back tonight. So I will be taking the fills. But one guy who I do expect to have a really good night tonight, or two guys, I'll say, is first Trey Turner, because I like Trey Turner in this game, especially in a bullpen game, because they're gonna the Diamondbacks are gonna continue to, you know, use the lefty uh, uh, use the lefty matchup matchups against Kyle Schwerber and Bryce Harper. So Trey Turner being right in the middle of there, I expect him to have a big night. I'm gonna be taking Trey Turner over one-and-a-half bases. Uh, I think he gets on with maybe a couple hits, uh, potentially a home run. I really like Trey Turner in this game. And I got to tell you, Alec Bohm is going to have a game sooner rather than later. I know he didn't last night, but he's hit the ball hard throughout the series. Has gotten some unlucky batted balls and play luck, but I think his luck is going to turn around very shortly. And, uh, again, there could be a, uh, a you know matchup where Tory Lovello – Uses a left-hander if Bryce Harper's leading off, uh, and he wants uh, the lefty to pitch to Bryce and Stott as well. I think Boehm could potentially uh, take advantage of a couple of those matchups, and he could end up having a big game. So I expect Alec Bohm to come through for the Phillies tonight. And look, he's been doing it on the defensive side for sure. He's making big play after big play. I think it's only a matter of time before his bat comes around, and I think tonight will be the night in Game Four of the NLCS. So. Look for Trey Turner and Alec Boehm uh, to have big hits. I will be taking Philly's money line, Trey Turner over one-and-a-half bases, and Alec Bohm one-plus hits. So, you know, tail at your own risk, but that is what I am going with. Uh, this has been another edition of Phillies Today as part of Phillies 24-7 podcast. And uh, as always, we will speak next Friday, hopefully, hopefully, to talk about a potential World Series preview Uh, with the fills in it. I know the world series gets going next Friday. uh, So that would be a very, very fun pod. So hopefully we can do that. Uh, Looking forward to it. But uh, this has been Justin Morgenstein on another edition of Phillies today. And we'll talk soon.
0: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?